Get ready for a journey into the heart of Bridgeport politics with In Absentia, a new podcast from Connecticut Public's investigative team, The Accountability Project. Learn about the city's past and present political dysfunction and the systems that enable it. Tune in wherever you get your podcasts. Funding provided by Francisco L. Borges and the Melville Charitable Trust. Wrapping this intro has me all in a headlock because I'm nice, like self-suffice. And like him, I got dreadlocks. I want to flow like Serafino. But that's a blind alley. I grew up in the valley when I call up the MCs. They put me on hold. 06032 was my farm into zip code. I got all these issues and I'm always grappling. I lie awake worrying just like Betsy Kaplan. Get annoyed like Malloy, which my timing was like Wyman. Wish I could rhyme now for Fanchel, but I can't. I know Terry Gross and Ash Brooks, my brother. So wait, wait, don't tell me and just ask me another. I don't have a husband. I don't have a wife. I'm just trying to get through this American life. I'm like Radio Lab screaming up from a canyon. Wanna be Mary and Harry, a prairie home companion. My flow's getting slow. It's turning all sour like a lime dropping rhymes on Ted Radio Hour. I've rapped all I can. I had more, but I'll clip it. The host's not a sister like Krista Miss Tippett, and he's not very hip-hop. He doesn't have flow. All he's got is this show, MC Mac and Row. Uh, uh. I, I barely, I'm barely able to proceed after that. Actually, it has taken my breath away, and it actually has taken the breath away of the entire Hartford hip hop community <laughs> assembled here. They don't even know if they can go on either. Uh, we do have some uh, wonderful and beautiful uh, hip hop artists and commentators here to talk to you today. So, first of all, let me just say one thing before I introduce people. Before I do anything else, one of the things I'd like to do here on the show today, for those of you who are even maybe right now toying with the idea of not listening to this show because uh. you, you think you don't like hip hop or you just can't connect. To or you're too old, or you're too this, you're too, you know, you're too old, you're too white, whatever, uh, that you just can't get, you don't get it. So that's one of the things I like to do on this show. I'd like you to stay with us. Uh, if you do not have one hip-hop track on your iPod, I would like you to stay with us. Uh, and, and just because I think maybe you have some wrong ideas about it, too, and I think you probably almost inevitably have some limited ideas about it, about what it is, what it sounds like, what it can be. Um, and, and so and I think you know, people also maybe have this idea that they just kind of don't know how to listen to it, how to judge it, how to relate to it. And uh, I think that's maybe something else that we can have a conversation here about today. So uh, we'll have a conversation that will be pleasing to those of you who are, you know, well uh, into the world of hip-hop, who are imbued with its ideas and its spirit, uh, but also a conversation that I think will be pretty welcoming to people who just, you know, they, they kind of missed that hip-hop train. They never got on it, uh, but maybe got a little bit of curiosity left over about that. So first of all, we're going to tell you that uh, starting today, there's a Trinity Hip Hop Festival, the International Hip Hop Festival. They have it every year. Uh, and we say in, when we say international, well, actually, I'm going to let them say it uh, rather than me say it. Uh, but let me just tell you who's here in the studio. We've got some guests coming in on, on, in on the phone. Um, we have we – have, this is a really interesting lineup for the show. But anyway, uh, making uh, repeat appearances here. Let me just uh, introduce you to people you've already met before. Self-suffice the rap poet. You're – Hmm? Where did that come from? Uh, the, the nationally, he's a nationally performing uh, positive teaching artist. He'll be leading a workshop uh, at the festival about hip-hop in activism. Uh, he's been on our show many times before. Was last heard, hear, heard freestyling about broccoli. <laughs> true that. Uh, true that. Yeah, so uh, Brandon Serafino also coming back here. This is the second time on the show. He's an artist student, one of the lead organizers of the Trinity Hip-Hop Festival. And we're just getting to know Jamie McDonald. He's a hip-hop historian and musician. Uh, and uh, joining us on the phone, actually, let's, let's bring her in right now. Joining us on the phone, although I want to make sure I pronounce this right because it's uh, – uh, there's no uh, – say, say how you like to say – I mean, if I just was reading this off a piece of paper, I would say star. 
How close would I be? I I did it right. All right. You got it right. right. Excellent. All right. Star is a, I'm going to just enjoy saying that today. Conscious. You're supposed to say it with ah, yes. Okay. Uh, A conscious lyrical MC. So, um, Brandon Serafino, just to sort of kick things off. Um, sure. When we say international hip hop festival, we mean international, right? There's people coming from all over the world. Oh, we definitely mean international. Um, this year's lineup features artists from Latin America, Quilombo Collective out of uh, Mexico, with their leader being Boca Floja. He's a great um, a Mexican MC. Mm-hmm. We have Black Noise from South Africa. They're a, a pioneering group of, of hip hop in South Africa. We have Mendeep Sethi representing both India, um, but he resides in the Bay Area, California. Uh, Vaxam Bo, who is uh, kind of an internationally flavored artist as well, originally from Haiti and residing in Montreal. Um, I mean, the list goes on and on. I want to shout everybody out, but Shokanti, uh, Cape Verdean flavor, originally Cape Verdean and from Boston. Um, Yaro Kosiga, who's a beatboxer from the Czech Republic, <laughs> will be at the show. He's a monster with his his vocal ability. Um, Inspiring. And then we have a re-education project, Hip Hop Re-education, um, which is kind of like a collective of young hip hop artists um, in their teens. And they do an exchange program where they send kids to Berlin hmm. um, and they do hip hop over there. And then they send some kids back and they collaborate and they work on, on ideas together in the hip hop community. And they're going to be doing a little set at the main stage show as well. And then, of course, Talib Kweli, who you can't forget. Yeah, and we'll, we'll be playing something by him in just a second. Uh, but, you know, um, Jimmy McDonald, how, how recent is this? I mean, it, it's sort of like NBA basketball. It's like people from all over the world now. Uh, but, I mean, how, how recent is that phenomenon that we could be talking about somebody from the Czech Republic or somebody from Cape Verde um, uh, in connection with hip-hop? That, um, <clears throat> excuse me, that's actually very recent. Mm. Um, hip-hop being an American um, art form has really expanded, especially over the last 10 years, mm-hmm. um, where you can have anybody from Canada, Drake, for example, is from Canada, mm-hmm. and you have other hip-hop influences coming in from other countries as sampling has gone um, into other cultures as well. Um, I would probably say the last 10 years has gotten very, very strong. Um, you know, one of the things I want to do, first of all, is open up the phone lines, 860-275-7266. And really, we'd love to hear from you. If you are that person who says, you know, I just don't get this. I don't get it. Uh, we have the people here who, in, a, in the most friendly possible way, will help you get it. 860-275-7266. We'd love to hear from you. You may also tweet us uh, at WNPR, Colin, and we will tweet back to you. So, um, you know, um, Salsify is one of the things we were all sort of emailing around and trying to figure out wh- how we were going to talk about this and what we were going to talk about. And one of the things that I brought up is I do think people have this idea of what hip-hop is based on basically what they might hear on the radio if the radio happened to be on or they're walking through a mall mm. or maybe somebody drives by in their car and it's really loud coming out of the windows. Mm. And that's, it's, it's a real t- tiny slice really of a, a gigantic genre. You want to comment on that a little bit, or kind of? Yeah, of course. Um, I want to comment a lot on that, but I th- I think it's it's with black people, it's with impoverished people, it's with hip hop culture, it's with so much that um, people have all these different experiences, and it's just part of human evolution to make a qu- make these quick snap judgments on things, and the simplest quick snap judgments about. Anything that's entertainment is sex, drugs, and violence, right? And that's whether it's movies, whether it's rock and roll, um, and especially when it pertains to black and Latino people and inner city people, it tends to be that that's the quick snap judgment that we can fit things in a box. But the reality is 
that people who've been used to dealing with these snap judgments since 1974 in the South Bronx have been coming up with ways to overcome those. So I think we need to start realizing that how are people who are used to these situations of being told you're a criminal or being told you'll never make it off your block or being told you can't do this, you can't do that, what are, what are the strategies that we use to overcome come that? And if you find that a lot of hip-hop artists do still come from the inner city and come from these situations, you'll find that if you listen to our rhymes as opposed to some that are more popular, that we suggest some of those strategies of how you can get out of the box of what, what is that snap judgment that's easy to be defined as. You know, Star... Um it seems to me that, you know, if you'd never heard classical music before and you just listened to a bunch of it uh, in one day, you know, Mozart's going to sound kind of like Beethoven, who's going to sound kind of like Handel. It's going to take you a while, really, to tune your ears so you can tell one thing from another. If you did the same thing with jazz, you just never heard it before, you know, Coltrane's going to sound kind of like Charlie Parker for a while, you know, and 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 Miles is going to sound kind of like Chet Baker. And it's just going to take you a while, right? And, and, and it's also, it's like tasting wine, too. I mean, for a while, all the red wine kind of tastes like red wine. And and I wonder if mm-hmm. part of this isn't a little bit about tuning your ears and and developing kind of the taste buds uh, the equivalent of, of what a wine taster's palate is, and so what I'm going to do in just a second is going to we're going to play um, uh, "State of Grace" uh, by Talib Kweli, uh, who is the kind of the headliner for Saturday night at the Trinity International Hip Hop Festival. But you know, Star, as people are listening to this, um, give them kind of a hint about how to listen. What do you, what do you listen for? How how do you sort of get yourself get your um, your eardrums in the right shape to absorb something like this? That's a great analogy. All those analogies were great. Hip-hop is poetry in its most raw form. So you have to think about the iambic pentameter, and, you know, the couplets and the quatrains and <clears throat> all of that. So uh, remember that it's, it's written. So a lot of thought is going into the way that the sentences are constructed, the words that are used, the way that it is delivered, the, um, uh, you know, oh gosh, I just, I lost my thoughts. But, um, I would say listen with an open mind. Um, listen with an open mind and without judgment. And put those pieces, all the pieces that you can get to connect, put them together. You're going to hear words you might recognize. There's going to be a lot of simile. There's going to be a lot of metaphor. So think back to your parts of speech and English class and grammar class. MCs are very intelligent. For, to even be able to write mm-hmm. and put something together like that and then be able to execute and elocute it the way that we do, even the most so-called ignorant MC is very intelligent because they have put thought in some shape, form, or fashion together to put those words right. together and, and put that song together and then do it over that beat and have the breath control. It's really amazing to me. So just listen to it, I would say, open-minded, non-judgmentally, and, um, and relax. challenge yourself to think <laughs> outside the box. Yeah, right. Relax and let it happen a little bit. All right, so absolutely. MC Betsy Kaplan is going to uh, play a little bit of State of, the State of Grace uh, for you, then we'll talk some more about it. She want to be the first in the family with the higher education Her entire graduation was a dire situation Did a paper on the state of the hip-hop generation But no longer felt a part of the conversation Used to be ever ride or die chick B.I.G. with the me and my Ain't no objections, being an object Major label, seeing a profit She ain't never been a pleasure or a hope But she used to sing along when she heard it in a song She used to be from
front row at the show till she overdosed on the testosterone. My favorite rapper invited her backstage for the stage, but she felt like she really ain't alone. Wish she wouldn't let him hit this nigga call the if she erased all the songs from the phone. Walking up with to the garbage she stuck with. You can bump it a dump in the artist she trusted. Just broke her heart, so misogynistic and disgusted. She tried not to judge him, and her heart she still loved him. And the way that he lost in a part of his suffering. And this young man clearly not ready for the hard discussion. Female MC acting more like a dude than a dude do. Only if you knew. I know a few who flow crazier than a few flew over the nest of the cool crew. But she never gonna hit him in the mix of the new attitude. All right. It's much longer than that, obviously. But um, just we're gonna, we're, we just we can only give you little samples and stuff, uh, or that'll be the whole show. So um, we're listening to this, and um, and actually, Soul Suffice, maybe just to start us off. Okay, so yeah. um, Star told us kind of what to listen for. Now that they've heard it, what do you want listeners to think about? Um, first of all, Star, I gotta send a shout out to my students at Ga, because that rhymes with Star. I love those <laughs> sounds. Um, in terms of that track, what should the listeners think about? Yeah. That, that track is called State of Grace, and actually um, it's ironic because that track includes curses in it, mm. and I emailed Kwali to get a clean version, so shout to Wolfie. But it's, it's funny because he's talking about the problem with women being called certain words in mm-hmm. rap music, but he has to use some of these words in order to talk about them, right? Right. And this track is beautiful because that's basically the predicament of hip-hop. Mm-hmm. All the way since 1974, we've been known as a genre that talks about problems in society that we know are, we're not supposed to be talking about. It's not polite to talk about because when you say that word or when you say what's happening in your household or when you say what's happening with the local police, then you're part of the problem, you know. So there's this, there's this crime of harming our communities, but there's also the crime of talking about it. Mm-hmm. And then what we try to do is have all these layers of how do you talk about it. Um, and some people just say, like Pharrell's song, Happy. Mm-hmm. One way to talk about it is just be like, I'm from the hood and I'm not talking about it. Mm-hmm. And, but you know where I'm from, so you kind of get the message there. The other way is to say, I'm in this situation and it's terrible and I'm going to tell you every word and every problem. And I'm going to tell you that I'm actually condoning these things <laughs> until you come and get me or do something about it. And uh, hopefully I'm somewhere in between. <laughs> mm. You know, I don't necessarily condone. But Kwali's State of Grace, really, he, he, he gives a whole dissertation basically on that song. And he, he takes you through what it's like for women who love hip-hop and grew up in hip-hop but started realizing that the people they loved and supported aren't necessarily... Uh, supporting them Um, and that he says that doesn't mean we need to turn away from hip-hop but I think he suggests that means we need to turn up the hip-hop we need to look harder for hip-hop we need to look beyond the popular narrative of hip-hop and I'll just end with a footnote on that the aloe black many people know aloe black now he's got this song I'm the man and so forth and he's making multi-million dollar deals he was an underground MC, much like me or yeah. Superstition or Star, for years. And yeah. um, when he came on the scene, now he's famous. A lot of people know him and still don't realize that he's one of the best underground MCs because he maybe, maybe because I'm assuming, he doesn't fit in that box or that snap judgment popular narrative of what you can be as an MC. But he fits in what you can be as an R&B singer. You know, uh, because hip hop is words, uh, Jamie McDonald, uh, yes. we should talk about these words a little bit too, uh, because it's it's there in, in Talib Kweli's uh, State of Grace, and and it's 
you know, I, I compared a little bit to the journey that Richard Pryor took. So yes. Richard Pryor started out, he said, I'm going to use the word nigger in clubs, and I'm going to use it, and I'm going to uh, – maybe I'll numb people to it. Maybe I'll call attention to it. I'm going to use it. And then, you know, he went to have this period where he went to Kenya mm-hmm. uh, with his wife. And, and he, he turned to his wife at a certain point. He said, you know, there are no niggers here, you right. know, and I'm never using that word again. Uh, I will never – and he never did. Um, and is hip-hop sort of in a comparable – dialogue with itself right now uh, about words like that? I think so in a certain way. I think that there is definitely debate about it. I I believe there are people who will never use the word, that Mm -hmm. don't have it in their vernacular, who think that that's just kind of, in in a certain way, on its own selling out Mm -hmm. and taking the easy road. And then there's those that it's just every other word because they need the shock value. Mm -hmm. You know, I think there's a lot of hip-hop right now that is about shock value and not using the words effectively just to be able to catch someone's attention. Or it's just so much part of the vocabulary that it just falls off your tongue without even thinking about it, which is kind of sad. You know, a, a, a word like the N-word, which um, has had so much power for so long, mm-hmm. in the process of trying to not have it be a, a, a demonized word anymore, it means nothing. It, it's, it, you're completely desensitized to it. So mm-hmm. I think a lot of people don't think about it. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people think that that's what you need to do in order to be hip-hop. There's, there's a lot who are using it as a statement um, for whatever, you know, for whatever definition you can put in there. Um, but I think there, it, there are kind of two or three factions coming around that are looking at it and going, you know what? I may not need that. Let me be a little more clever than that. Or I'm going to use it, but I'm going to use it for effect to make you think. And then there's those who are more kind of rising to the surface of let me say this because this is what I'm supposed to do as a hip-hop artist and let me keep my credibility. Um, I'm sure that everybody else wants to say something about that, but Brandon, so I'm going to make you responsible for the entire rest of the world except the United <laughs> States. You know, as international rappers come in, uh, international hip-hop artists come in, um, uh, is, are they all on parallel tracks? Or are they thinking about some of these kinds of issues um, uh, in very different ways? Is Cape Verdean rap just a mirror image of American rap, or are there different issues, different linguistic issues, different social issues? Oh, no, this is perfect. I mean, yeah, this is what this whole festival is about. I think right. it's very diverse in its range. Topics, uh, musicality, artistry, everything. Um, down to a science, yeah. For example, I think what I've noticed working with the Hip Hop Festival at Trinity for four years is that Every country that has rappers definitely infuses traditional music, um, indigenous music, and they bring out those flavors. In a similar way that the street culture in the United States wants to be represented through hip-hop, I think these indigenous cultures are cultures that may have been pushed down a little bit by, be it colonization, um, any, any number of factors or trends in the world, mm. you know, the economy. I think hip-hop is the platform that they've found necessary and a voice to be heard. Espe- the Arab Spring, it, it, it's exploded in the Middle East. Um, hip-hop has exploded in the Middle East as something with, you know, Omar Effendim and the narcissist and, um, out of the Syrian revolution. People that are just, um, you know, using hip-hop as the main form and they're putting it on YouTube. And people are, people are responding to it. Because once again, it, it's shock. It's not always shock for the wrong reasons. You know, sometimes it needs, it shocks people into action. It shocks people into, you know, as, as self said, thinking about things that you don't normally think about or fear thinking about. And I think the International Hip-Hop Festival, most of the artists that we get on the main stage speak to that, at least um, talking about topics from their own countries, from their own experiences, and using music as the, as the platform, definitely. You know, we talked about the N-word, and so star. Um, can we talk about the B-word, too? I mean, as women artists make their imprint on hip-hop, um, are they raising some a similar set of questions about the language uh, that's used about women in hip-hop? I mean, that 
will always be part and parcel of hip-hop. <clears throat> There's going to be people who are offended by it. There will be people who are not offended by it. If you get into the etymology of the word, if you deal with linguistics, you know, um, at the end of the day, I think that we spend a lot of time trying to dissect why, instead of just appreciating the music, appreciating the expression, because hip-hop and its the root of it, the nucleus of it, is that is spirit. Mm-hmm. That is your current. That is your energy. <clears throat> As an MC, I am totally tapped in to the universe. That is my way of communing with my ancestors mm-hmm. and with the creator, however you see that force. So I don't question it. Whatever comes through me, I let it flow. Mm-hmm. And you may or may not understand it, but there will always be someone that does. And I feel like um, no other form of music, no other genre is as dissected and put under a microscope as, as hip-hop. You know, um, there's there's always been this stigma around hip hop. You know, is it acceptable? Is it palatable to us? It doesn't have to be. You just have to to appreciate it. Um, that word, there's a lot of words that I take offense to. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also know within the context of hip hop, when those words are used, what it pertains to, why the person may use it with the song that Kwali had. It's like, you're mm-hmm. not going to get people to stop saying it any more than you're going to get people to stop saying the N-word. Mm-hmm. All right? Mm-hmm. So uh, my thing is, it's, it's not what people say to you. It's how you react. Because then we're getting into freedom of speech. And if we're going to censor what can and can't be said, then we're going to have to censor everything. So we have to be able to apply balance. We have to be able to apply common sense. Um, we have to stop being so sensitive and so offended by everything and just let it be. You know, I, I want to go back to that whole uh, thing you just said about hip-hop is the most dissected form of music. And I think that's absolutely the case. And I think there are a lot of reasons for it, Jamie McDonald. I mean, one of them obviously was it was a, an insurgent kind of music in a lot of ways. It was mm-hmm. a, a kind of music from the very beginning that yes. asked a lot of questions. The kinds of questions that Self Suffice was talking about uh, earlier, early on, too. You know, what happens if I say these things? Can I say these things? Uh, what's anybody going to do if I say these things? But another thing about hip-hop that I think makes it very dissectable is let me just tell a really quick and possibly boring story, uh, which is uh, I was in New York. Uh, this is a few years ago. I was in New York with my with my son, uh, and uh, we'd been in New York for three or four days. And I was telling I could tell he was starting to get bored with me. So I uh, I had a former producer who was living in New York at the time. He was a little bit closer in age to my son, and I just arranged for us, the three of us, to meet somewhere and kind of hang around and. I would say they talked about Wu-Tang for about an hour and a half, you know. <laughs> I just slowly backed away, you know. And I, every once in a while I'd come back about 40 minutes later. They'd still be talking about Wu-Tang. And part of this is because the form comments on itself and on its own internal politics more than any musical form, many other, mm-hmm. any, any art form I can think of, mm-hmm. so much of it is a dialogue about a reflection on itself and what's going on within it, uh, mm-hmm. it ranging from gossip to politics to, to everything, right? Yes. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Or? Oh, absolutely. I'm a 59-year-old white guy. Don't, don't just <laughs> accept what I say. You could say that you've got it totally wrong. You've well, got MC in your name. <laughs> yes, I do have MC in my name. And so do I. I was talking <laughs> to him. Now this I'll, is a battle. I'll <laughs> answer it like this. Absolutely a comment on itself, as it should, because there's a lot of stories that aren't told. Mm-hmm. You know, at one point, Chuck D had actually called Public Enemy the CNN of, of the ghetto, of yeah. the hood. Uh-huh. So these are stories that people are not hearing. So, of course, it should comment on itself. It's the way that people are getting the information. Yeah. So why not be self-referential? 
And I think also storytelling is just kind of built into the art form, too. Absolutely. So you're going to tell stories about a lot of things, including the world that you're in at that moment. Well, any good poetry tells a good story. Right. Let's take a little break. We'll go out, uh, MC Betsy Kaplan. Uh, uh, well, this is Kendrick Lamar. I mean, because he's the one of the bright, bright, bright lights these days. Uh, so bright that Macklemore almost had to apologize to him for <laughs> winning, the, uh, winning the Grammy for her Didn't best rap. Uh, all right. So let's go out with a little bit of Kendrick Lamar. I used to be jealous of him and I follow. I used to be jealous of him and I follow. He was the one to follow. He was the only leader foreseeing brighter tomorrows. He would live in the gym. We was living in sorrow. Total envy of him. He made his dream become a reality, actually making it possible to swim. It's way up out of Compton with furthermore to accomplish. Graduate with honors, a sponsor, basketball scholars. And here we are. We're back. Well, we're talking about hip-hop. Uh, it's the Trinity International Hip-Hop Hip Hop Festival. started today. It'll run through Saturday. You get done uh, watching the Yukon game on Saturday evening. You go right over to the Trinity Hip-Hop Festival. You'll hear some of the artists we're talking about uh, towards the end, of the end of the festival on Saturday night. There will be uh, a show, right? Brandon Serafino, some of the people we're talking about yes. uh, will be. Uh, and it's, is it free? Can it possibly be free? It is all free. Three days of events, lectures, workshops, DJ battles, B-boy battles, B-boy, B-girl battles. Are um, those free too? It's all free. Which all part is free? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think all of it. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, at the beginning uh, of this uh, conversation, I, I was saying, and I, this was sort of a thing I was emailing around too. I was th- thinking about uh, what the average person who's not really a student of hip-hop thinks about hip-hop. Well, what, is, what is it? What does that word conjure up in somebody's mind? And, and yeah, I mean, I think uh, Self Suffice spoke to that a, a little bit too. And then as I, I was sort of thinking, well, you know, what kinds of things move me and what kinds of things make me kind of feel differently about hip-hop and try to understand it better? Uh, and so one of the clips that I sent around uh, is by the gentleman uh, I have on the phone right now. Uh, he is uh, sometimes known as Superstition. Uh, he is sometimes known as Cam Moye. Welcome to the show. And we think he's there, actually. Yeah. Superstition, can you hear me? Yeah. We're going to put him on hold. Instead, <laughs> uh, instead of doing that, uh, I'll tell you what we'll do. Um, one of the things that I want to talk a little bit to you guys, too, about is w- one of the things that I find exciting about hip-hop is the way that it, it is a form that blends very seamlessly with a lot of other forms, too. Mm-hmm. So this is, this is my one musical contribution <laughs> to the show. This is actually a song called Loose Ends. Um, we're going to play just a, a little bit of it uh, and then sort of talk about kind of what went into it and, and what kind of merged to create it. So uh, MC Betsy Kaplan, how about a little bit of Loose Ends? Yeah, mom. Alana's in a second trimester. Stressed out because I'm gone. She acting all extra. But happy because she knows it's a girl. But we're doubtful if we should bring, bring another, another one in the world. Makes you sing with you and the kids at the ball. I'm keeping all my photos in a 23rd song. My best friend Amani lost the arm at the border. Just trying to restore a little peace in order. And it's strange because she reads the Quran. Torn between what side she needs to be on. Haven't slept for days. I squeeze my scene because no man's eye should see what I've seen. Soldiers lost their mind, robbing, pillaging. Tomahawk missiles hit civilian villages. And they ease the pain with narcotics. I'm scared, but I'm trying to remain patriotic. My father, father, forgive us because we know not what So 
so some of you might have uh, recognized the voice of Justin Timberlake singing in the background there. The, um, this was actually produced and kind of created at least partly by Sergio Mendes, who's a 73-year-old Brazilian mus- musician whose music many of us grew up with in very different forms. Mm-hmm. Um, and Feral Munch is the person that you hear uh, rapping there. And, and so, so suffice to me, th- this is sort of one of the really exciting things about hip-hop, the way mm-hmm. it can fuse right. really quickly with a, uh, with a lot of – you know, I mean, Starr was saying before, listen to the music. And, you know, well, listen to the music of that. And, and you – I, I, I sense that there's a lot of projects like this. That that that's really what hip hop is. If you're gonna say in a word, what is hip hop, and why is it the most dissected, and why is it the most controversial, and why is it the most? Because it fuses everything. It fuses everything. It's I would say understanding. I would say fusing. I would say mixing. Um, we had a sister named Invincible a couple years ago at the festival, and she's a white lesbian rapper from Detroit. And what hip-hop does is that someone can be homophobic and racist and against women and white people and rap culture and people from Detroit slums, and they can rap about that and say, I don't like women, I don't like gay people, I don't know, and we give them the mic, okay? And then... Invincible can come on the stage and we give her the mic, right? And when she's on the mic, you fall back and listen to her view. And when she's on the mic, if she represents based on her skill, we say, you know what? I think I was wrong about some of those judgments I made because she got skills. So therefore, now I respect you. Um, This is a problem we've always had with Hip-hop's model is more like restorative justice, you know, which is the irony of you hearing about gang-banging and pushing and everything because Bambada and the legends, the pioneers who started this, came from real gang culture where people were killing each other and robbing each other and, and really destitute situations. And they said... Is there another way we can get by without mm-hmm. harming our own community, right? Mm-hmm. So they followed more of a restorative justice model um, where they said, we're going to battle things out. We're going to get in rooms and party. And please don't, you know, don't take that lightly because it took work to get gang members to stop and dance together and go to parties together. So shout to the pioneers because that wasn't easy. But in that, what did they do? You can't just stop violence because you want to stop it. They created culture. They created ways that people can pass a mic around and get in a cipher. So where it comes all the way to someone like Invincible, where it's like, oh, you got skills? Let's see. She gets on the mic. You're like, oh, okay. And then we have these conversations. It's it's not let, – let's compare it to two different types of models of, of trying to fuse things together, okay? One is – we're just going to hear everybody and let everybody talk, and we're going to be tolerant. That's not hip-hop, and no disrespect to that model, but that's not hip-hop. Hip-hop is if you have skills, if you can hold the crowd's attention with your dancing, with your spray can, with your words, we're going to listen to your political agenda. If you're whack, sorry, step to the back of the line. Um, another model is everybody's whack if you're not connected to my company, my family, my political platform, you don't have a space here. That's not hip-hop either. It's if you are connected to my respect level, if when it's your time to get on the mic, you can represent, we'll battle each other. And people like KRS-One, right, legendary dudes who've already paved the way, will battle to this day. 
you know. I, I, we got a lot of people, by the way, who need to represent here on the show. Got a lot of guests sitting here waiting to get on. So um, I, I want to, but just quickly, just to sort of go back to the song that we were hearing, uh, Jamie McDonald. Feral Much is also this. This is an interesting quality of hip hop. That song, I must. Uh, I have to say, it's one of my favorite songs. I've listened to it hundreds of times. And so, and it's very listenable. It's, it's jazzy. It's, you know, it, it has, has a real melodic beauty to it. And some of the improvisations that Timberlake winds up doing are very cool. But it's, it's also about the ravaging effect of overseas wars on inner city populations. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of a remarkable thing to have a song that you could sort of be, quote unquote, enjoying, you know, at a melodic level. That's about really just, I mean, if you listen to the lyrics, they are really about the most painful social problems you can imagine. Mm-hmm. And what, which I don't know if there's another form that can do that quite the way that there it isn't. Does. There yeah. is another form. It's a way, it's cathartic for people to be able to write a song about what's going on in your neighborhood. You can't fix it because you don't have money, mm-hmm. and you can't fix it because you don't have resources, and you can't fix it because maybe you're isolated. Maybe you're living in Sao Paulo, Brazil, or maybe you're living in Detroit, or maybe you're living in Houston, Texas, and there's blight around you. You can't do anything about it. So what are you going to do? You're going to put pen to paper. Mm-hmm. You're going to find a nice beat. You're going to put it on top of that, mm-hmm. and you're going to let people know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Hence, uh, like, like another song, like The Message, Grandmaster mm-hmm. Flash and Furious Five, as mm-hmm. an example, is exactly the same thing. Yeah. Let's hear a little bit of uh, Celebration of Life by Superstition, because uh, I think we got him on the line right now. So let's play a little of that. We'll come back. We'll talk to him. Oh, man. Just had the craziest dream. Up in an unfamiliar place, standing right beside a brother with a known familiar face. I thought he passed away, but he said, You can call me Mr. Wallace. From the way he dressed, I could tell that he was in the dollars. I just followed him because he wanted to show me about the club life and said something to me about the fact that I don't love life. He took me to his friend who had a tattoo of thug life. That was right beneath his chest, and he didn't even seem stressed with people sitting around rapping about everything that happened, just joking and laughing. So I couldn't keep myself from asking, Can you tell me where I am? With my face about to lose it, they said, You don't know, you in heaven for people of music. Wow. Then I looked around and found. Bob Marley's on acoustics, sinking freaking tiger big L together trading boosting. With beats banging out, the speakers too hot to stop. On the turntables, also sub rock and stop the rock. Feeling out of my mind. I broke into a dance like a b-boy and lost focus when I saw the moves of trouble T-Roy. I begin to think about the way we live and found to destroy somebody else's life. All right. Sometimes he's known as Superstition. Sometimes he's known as Cam Moyer. Uh, he's with us right now. Uh, first of all, welcome to the show. Hey, how you doing? Uh, we're doing just fine here. And um, we just heard a little bit uh, of uh, of your music, uh, and one of the things I mean, I've been listening uh, quite a bit to your music, getting ready to, uh, for this show today. And one of the things that I, I think is sort of that you seem to have made a choice to do is, and, and maybe maybe I'm not using the right adjectives, but a kind kind of a kinder, gentler kind of hip hop. I mean, a lot of the issues that you you talk about have to do with just being a regular person, as opposed to uh, you know diamonds on your timepiece and tigers on a gold leash. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and so is that is that a conscious choice have you decided to be a certain kind of person in your hip-hop well it all starts with me when i because i started rapping back in like 1986 when i was like about nine years old and i saw hip-hop go through so many transitions of that it was just hip-hop and then it you know and it became conscious and it became gangster and it's like after seeing all those transitions it's just like you know what i'm just gonna be who i am as an everyday person, and I'm going to speak on the things that really affect me. Because I feel like everybody has a great story to tell. It's just how you tell it. So that's just basically what my music is. You know, I kind of 
y'all just speak on real life things, man. I became a father at the age of 16, so that changed my life. And so I had to grow up pretty fast. So I guess I'm, I would say I matured a lot faster than most guys would, and especially within hip-hop, I try to bring across a sense of maturity, you know? How do people discover your music? How do people find you? Uh, one of the biggest ways is because I do a lot of collaborations with a lot of artists, uh, everybody from Royce to 5'9", Elzai, Knife One to KRS-One, uh, the RZA, and, you know, and a lot of people discover me through uh, the OK Player record that was spearheaded by Questlove of the Roots. They yes. put out a compilation a while yes. back, and I had a song with Nicolay of the Foreign Exchange. So, You're... And plus just a lot of the solo stuff that I've done over the years. You here have a question for him while we got him? Yo, when's our collaboration? <laughs> you got my mask. I got beats. Let me know, man. Let me know. Well, you know, that, that does also seem to be very, very, um, a, a huge part of hip-hop is collaboration. I mean, collaboration isn't new. It's right. a certain part of jazz. It was part of blues. But but I don't think I've ever seen so much. And, and, and increasingly also so many um, hip-hop artists function within collectives, too. I mean, wow. Kendrick Lamar comes out of a collective. I mean, you, you, you know, these days it, it, it's, you know, odd future. Or whatever, and so I don't know. Superstition does that strike you as part of hip hop? That you collaborate, that it is a natural thing to to be working with lots of other artists. I think it is, and I think what it comes from is like like you mentioned with jazz and different genres, they all collaborate together. But hip hop is more regional based than anything. Like you don't hear a lot of jazz artists saying, "Well, you know, I'm from Chicago, and we don't deal with Detroit or whatever." With hip hop. It's kind of like that's our way to reach those different regions. If I'm from originally from North Carolina and I do something with somebody from New York or L.A. or, or wherever, it's just a way of bringing those those fan bases in together. Like I said, it's kind of it's almost just so separated and everything is so regional. So I think that's why a lot of hip hop artists choose to do more collaborations like that. All right. Well, it is so great to talk to you. So exciting uh, to include your work on on uh, our show. And we're going to go out of this segment with a fountain of youth. Uh, so yeah. MC uh, Betsy Kaplan will be playing that. When we come back, we do have uh, Tony from Cold Crush. So uh, we are ready. Get the feeling that you're growing too old for your surroundings Before you love loud music But now you can't stand it And your eardrums pounding Things no longer seem so astounding I recall the countless days When the sounds just blazed And the music was beautiful Classic album sales didn't have to go through the roof The bottom line was You had to be talented, honestly I played the music 24-7 Non-stop constantly Actually, it wasn't until this very moment that I realized McEnroe is not the guy who does thrift shop. Today's show is produced by Betsy Kaplan and me. Our interns are Anna Novak and MC Greg George Kanye Andrew Lishke. Greg Hill tweets for us at WNPR Colin. Katie Talarski is our executive producer. The part of Bill Curry was played by Will I Am Not. For show pages, articles, and audio of the Faith Middleton Show staff rapping as Schmooze Tang Clan, visit our website, WNPR.org. On tomorrow's show, The Nose finds out that Cosmos is not what they drink on Sex in the City. And now, back to Colin.
All right, you're back to we're back to our hip hop show right now. I just want to say my son thinks that I am the most boring person in the world, but you know, <laughs> I'm talking to DJ Tony Tone from Cold Crush right now. I was talking to Superstition. I got Self Suffice in my studio. I'm talking to Star on the phone. Um, Colin down by Lodo. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so um, this really is uh, obviously a privilege to be talking to DJ Tony Tone, uh, an artist with the Cold Crush Brothers. You know, um, first of all, welcome to the show. How you doing, sir? We're doing just fine. Please, Tone. You know, when, when, Please, whenever I try to figure out, well, when and where did hip-hop starts start, it's almost like you're on a football field moving the chains in reverse. You think, well, okay, it's, it's right here. And then you find something that's two years before that, and you find something that's three years before that. You just keep moving the chains backwards. It's really difficult to sort of f- figure out where, where and how it started. But I'm, would you be prepared to sort of hazard a guess as to when and where the first MC ever was? Who was the first? How did that whole tradition of being an MC start? Um, out of our tradition, because MCs has always been around, you know, um, Bambada always speaks about, you know, the records before the Pygmy Mob and, and the people like that was all that was already more so rhyming and MCing, mm-hmm. but they, they wasn't classified as rhyming and MCing or hip hop at the time. But from our time. And our beginning, um, Cobra Rock is, is classified from us as the first MC. And um, and what does it mean to be an MC? What if you had to explain to somebody from another planet who'd never heard that term before what the what the phrase or or appellation MC meant? What would you say? Well, I mean, the, the MC is the master of the ceremony, somebody that that controls the flow of what's going on and and bringing people attention where he where he needs it to be at that time. I like and, that I like that idea of bringing attention where it needs to be at a given time. I, I like that uh, definition. Hey, uh, w- while we're talking to you, why don't we just play a little bit here? We got uh, uh, Cold Crush Brothers at the Dixie uh, if uh, MC Betsy Kaplan is ready for that. This tough voice, all the ladies can tell. The man on the mic, what the hell? The hell, the hunt, the bigger, the heart, the bigger. On any stage, I'm a number one player. Do it like this, and you will see nobody in the place gonna make like me. Cause I'm the L, baby. The L, baby. The one who rocks you well, swell, baby. Well, this ain't cool, and everything is fine. But I still got a thought in my mind that do you still listen to an MC rhyme? Well, if you do, well, I bet you do. Got a lot of them tough MCs All right, we're back, and we're talking to DJ Tony Tone. Now, to me, I, I don't feel as though I hear these days things that sound like that. So what changed? I mean, first of all, am I right? And second of all, if I'm right, what, what changed? Well, well I, I, that, that right there was there introducing themselves to the people and letting the people know what they was, what they was getting out of being there and getting back from the people what they wanted from them. Mm. 
and, and that's what changed a lot of people. Uh, it's a whole lot of me, 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 and they're not dealing mm-hmm. with the people. Mm-hmm. They're just telling you what they have, what what they see as being something to have, but they're not they're not even thinking about what's for the people. Mm-hmm. Why am I here? Who am who, who's here to witness what I'm doing? A lot of it is one-sided. Um, you know, while we've got this conversation going, so Star, you're still there, uh, I think, uh, and so uh, Star, a socially conscious, uh, lyrical MC. Um, do you think the MC's role is different for a woman? Does a woman uh, do have a different job as an MC than a man? I'm a mother. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I represent the mother of creation, so absolutely. Bong. I'm the one to give you all the blueprints. <laughs> so, so I have to make sure. Seriously, I mean, I, I mean, it's, it's cute and it's funny, but on no, real talk, mm-hmm. I am the first teacher as a mother. Mm-hmm. So anytime I step on a stage, anytime I get behind a mic, anytime I sit down to write anything, I have to think about how that's going to impact all my sons, all my daughters, no matter what age they are. So yes, I do take my role as a woman in hip-hop very seriously. I don't limit myself to, like, I'm, I'm a female MC and only judge me as a woman because I'm universal, but I have a huge responsibility. And also, I have to be a 100 times better than any man that rhymes because mm-hmm. a lot of people, believe it or not, <laughs> they feel that women are inferior. Can you believe that? <laughs> Um, it, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering whether DJ Tony Tone feels that way. Do you, do you think that that, that that has? Do you think that's one of the things that changed that that the role of women in hip hop became more inse- accepted, more embraced, less questioned? Well, I, you know, I'm from the first door of hip hop. I seen it. I walked in a club party and I saw what hip hop, what his hip hop was, and I grabbed hold of it and I carry his hip hop. Um, as far as women, as far as anybody, it's not about being better, it's about being who you are and who you're willing to share with the world, with the universe. Um, Shy Rock, I saw her come into the picture. I saw Lisa Lee come into the picture. I see freaking Frack. I seen all the women come in after me. And we, and, 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 and hip hop pioneers, and, and hip-hop, people that live hip-hop culture, embrace them as a sister, a mother, a female, a, a human being, a female human being. Mm-hmm. And we ask no more or less from them than we do a male. <laughs> We're right. asking them to battle a male. we asking them to join us and let's help spread this word of peace Unity and having fun. Hmm. Um, it's not. It's not. It's not a competition between. It's not. It's not actually a competition of who's better. It's. It's how we going to do this together, more or less. That's uh, what. That's what come from my generation. I think that was very well put. Excellently put. We want to thank you by uh, very much. By the way, uh, DJ Tony Tone from Cold Crush. Quite an honor uh, to have you on this show. Yeah, Star. Did you want to come back with something there? Or? We're, about, well, we're just mean, about out of time, I, I so love, come back with I something fast. Thank you. Thank you for that wisdom, um, uh, Elder. Give thanks for that. <laughs> and I don't want to be misconstrued. I wasn't saying that I that I'm here to battle men. 
or that I feel inferior. I was saying that in just within hip hop today, mm-hmm. there is a lot of inequality, and we cannot sit here and act like there is not. So my portion is to bring it back to where it, it doesn't matter. But yeah, I do have to be better. And that's my best me, because I do. That's just the reality that I have faced in my career. I have had people say, we don't want you on this show because you're a woman. We don't want you on this tour because women are too much trouble. That's my experience. Everybody may not have had it, but I have. I've never seen myself as inferior to anyone, nor do I need to compete. I stopped battling. I used to battle. I stopped doing it because I felt that it was ignorant and it didn't really serve a purpose. So what the elder says, I totally agree 100%. We are supposed to be doing this together. All right. We listen, are. Thank you. And we are. Absolutely. Thank you so much for what you said, Star. I think that's really beautiful, too. We are almost out of time. we got two minutes left. In that. Actually, we got 30 seconds left in the sense that I want to leave uh, time. We're going to go out with one of Celsifice's uh, numbers. We're going to go out with Breakdown. Um, so I, I think all I've got time to do, given all that, is to thank the, the people who helped out. That was Star, a uh, socially conscious, lyrical MC. You heard Cam Moyer, sometimes known as Superstition. You heard DJ Tony Tone from the Cold Crush Brothers. In studio, we've had Jamie McDonald, a hip-hop historian and musician. Self-suffice, he's always here with us. He's the rap poet. Uh-huh. Uh, and Brandon Serafino, who's done, done an amazing job pulling together this, uh, this uh, international hip- hip-hop festival that will be running today, tomorrow, and Saturday. Head on up there to Trinity. But I'm going to stop talking because uh, we should end with something by Self-Suffice. I'm Kyone Wolf. It's the end of the hour. I got the last word. How do I handle that power? I could say turn us off, change the channel in your car, but nah, stick with NPR. Uh.